Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise be to Allah, the Lord of the Worlds. Over 100 episodes, almost 40 different ethnic backgrounds, living in almost 30 different countries. In just two seasons, the Niqabi Diaries podcast has brought you the stories of Muslim women across the globe. Women united in sisterhood by their commitment to the Deen of Islam. Welcome to season three of the Naqabi Diaries podcast, where, inshallah, we will continue to bring you the stories of the women behind the veil. The Naqabi Diaries, our experiences, our perspectives, our voices. I'm your host, Samar, and thank you for listening. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to another episode, season three of the Naqabi Diaries. Um, today we have with our sister, Um Abdurrahman. Sister, could you please introduce yourself for the listeners and tell us a little bit about what you do, inshallah. Okay, inshallah. Jazakallah khair for inviting me on the podcast. And uh, assalamu alaikum to all of the viewers and listeners. Um, I'm Um Abdurrahman, uh, known online as Um Abdurrahman. I'm a Quran, Arabic, Islamic studies teacher. And um, yeah, I do. I also have my own podcast called uh, Real Muslima Talk, where we go into uh, matters pertaining to us living in the modern society. Uh, and yeah, inshallah, you can check that out as well. Inshallah, inshallah, mashallah. So sister, could you just um, give us a little bit um, of information about your Islamic background, for example? Okay, so... I uh, grew up in the UK and uh, in a society where there was a lot of Muslims. So from a young age, I'd say about um, I'd say about six, seven years old, I've always been attending a madrasa, which we call in the UK for like evening classes, mm-hmm. um, Islamic uh, studies evening classes. So there I learned Quran. Um, I learned it was mainly to be honest Quran but I think because the society was a very uh, large population of South Asian mm-hmm. uh, community so they taught Urdu as well yes. so um, I was always exposed to um, the Arabic language and the Urdu language from a very young age and then obviously growing up uh, I attended a um, we call it an Alima class in yes. the UK mm-hmm. where you study like uh, books of hadith, fiqh, tafsir, all of that, the sciences basically of um, Islam. And so I attended that for about six years. Um, And then after that, I got married and I moved to Medina. And in Medina, I uh, studied a few more years in depth of like Islamic studies. But this was like taught in the Arabic language and it was a different uh, madhab to what I was, um, what I had studied in the UK. Mm-hmm. So it gave me, you know, further insight more into, yeah. Um, yeah, and more perspective, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. So that's, that's great. In a nutshell, yeah. That's amazing. That's beautiful. So what about the niqab then? Um, did you, was you like wearing niqab from a young age? How did you come about wearing it? Um, okay, so I actually, when I was younger, I didn't actually want to, uh, wear the niqab per se because um okay so i had my mom she wore the niqab mm-hmm. um but, uh, but a lot of like 
her family and a lot of the family that we were surrounded by, they didn't wear the niqab. And I just thought, you know, um, that was going to be me. Like, I wouldn't wear the niqab either. Uh, but I feel like when you're uh, when you're used to like for example you know although my mom never ever you know like openly told us to you know wear the niqab or she never even mentioned anything about the niqab like why she wears it and we didn't even ask her that either Mm -hmm. we just thought it was more of a like an islamic thing uh so we never had those conversations but i feel like just seeing her around you know wearing it and um the society, like I told you, we grew up in was predominantly Muslim and there were a lot of niqabis around as well. So I think that, you know, gives you that exposure to the niqab from a young age. And then uh, growing up, we would go for Umrah a lot. And um, obviously in Saudi, you see a lot of uh, women covered with their faces covered and everything. And that gives you um, a lot of exposure to it as well. And then I feel like as you get older, obviously, you start to pay more attention to, you know, what looks nice and, you know, all of that. And you kind of are influenced by what you perceive as, you know, beautiful or, um, you know, pretty mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So uh, when I would go for Umrah, I would see these women who, mashallah, you know, they were covered head to toe, their faces and everything. But I just felt like that looked beautiful to me. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. I just, uh, I really admired it. And I think it's also the way that they wore the niqabs and everything. It was like, I really, really admired it. And I felt like, okay, that's the time when I felt like, okay, I, I maybe might consider wearing it in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously I was I was quite young at this age. And so um, I, I didn't view it as something I would do now. It was more like when I get older, you know, that kind of a thing. And subhanAllah, you know, a lot of my friends in school from like ages 11, I would say they, some of them started to wear the niqab uh, because I went to a Muslim girls high school. Okay. And, um, you know, I told you that the society, we were predominantly Muslim. So, mm-hmm. you know, alhamdulillah, it was very easy for people to cover up. And so, um, yeah, a lot of these uh, classmates of mine would come to school wearing niqab and while I viewed it as like oh you know they're really young and they don't really know exactly what they're doing um, but nonetheless that gave me again the exposure you know what I mean mm-hmm. seeing my friends um, fellow classmates all in niqab and things uh, obviously you had a lot that didn't wear the niqab but you know alhamdulillah uh, uh, there were quite a number that used to wear niqab as well so yeah, that was my exposure with the niqab. And as for when I actually started wearing the niqab, so um, as I got older, uh, I was I would say around, you know, entering teens, late mid-teens, about 16, 17, I noticed that uh, when I'd go, let's say, for holidays or uh, even for Umrah as well, I'd noticed, you know, um, without a niqab even like just you know my um just my face mm-hmm. a lot of people would you know stare and I think it's mainly because in those societies it's like we were the foreigners we were the you know the outsiders yes. so I don't know whether they're intrigued by mm-hmm. it or um yeah they were just like they they used to stand it used to make me really uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know 
And um, I remember like uh, one of the times I went on holiday to Malaysia and, um, you know, guys would like openly flirt with you. And I felt like it was so inappropriate. Um, and so I wasn't too comfortable with that. I mean, I guess some people, you know, they might enjoy that attention. But for me, I, I felt like that made me feel really uncomfortable and unsafe. Um, and so while I was dressed modestly, like bearing in mind that I was, you know, I would wear loose clothing. Um, it's not like I would wear tight clothing or yes. anything. So I felt like, okay, there's, I need to do something, you know, more to be able to feel more comfortable and safe within myself. And um, I remember at the time, uh, I was obviously doing anima course as well. So uh, we would, you know, we would be exposed to a hadith and, you know, um, seerah of the biography of the, the wives of the Prophet and all of that. And I think uh, being exposed to that, while our teachers, again, they didn't um, like openly tell us to wear the niqab and all that, but just uh, listening to these stories and, you know, how when the ayat of hijab were revealed, you know, the the women of the, the companions at the time, you know, they ripped their, their, their clothes to cover themselves, right? Yes. So, I mean, seeing uh, hearing all of that, it kind of made you, and, and at the same time experiencing, you know, the level of discomfort and, you know, not feeling safe, uh, I kind of felt like, okay, you know, uh, I need to, I need to do something more about this. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started to, um, I would say, try on the, the niqab. Okay. And I would, but I would wear it mainly to, like, for example, when I went for Umrah. I would wear it like then, you know, I wouldn't wear it um, uh, in like school and stuff like yes. that. Uh, and yeah, and then, you know, from there, I feel like I just began to feel more and more comfortable with it mm-hmm. till eventually um, I started college. Uh, and when I start, and in the UK, uh, we have high school and then college at the age of, I think it's 17, 17 and 18, yeah. we do college. So around that age, and now in college, we didn't have a uniform to wear. So we could wear whatever we wanted. And I felt like that was a right time for me to make that transition because mm-hmm. I was able to wear an abaya, for example, and I could put on my niqab. And so I decided, you know what? I think I'm going to make this this choice. And I remember like, uh, I can't, well, I can't really remember exactly the conversation that I had with my mom, but I did tell her, like, you know, this is what I'm choosing to do. Okay. And um, she was kind of like, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, it's a decision that you're making. Um, but I did know as well that it would come with great responsibility because, mm-hmm. you know, being an, wearing the niqab, you're basically taking away all of the attention from your you know your your beauty and your everything you're basically it's now all your manners and your words Mm -hmm. you know so yeah so I did feel like and alhamdulillah that's why I I chose to wear it at an older age where I did feel more mature in myself like to be able to you know carry myself in a way that is in compliance with my outfit on the outside 
You know what I mean? Yes, of course. So of yeah, course. Alhamdulillah, that's when that's when I made the transition. Mashallah. So um, roughly, how long have you been wearing it now? The niqab, like. Um, I would say. About seven years. Okay, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah. So alhamdulillah, it's been, it's been a good amount of time. But I feel like, uh, you know, now when I look back and I look back at pictures of myself, you know, whether it was on holiday and all that, and I was just like, I, I look back at myself and I feel like I'm almost not naked, but mm. I don't feel comfortable like the way that yes. I was dressed yeah, back then. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Yeah. Even now, subhanAllah, you know when I'm leaving like the house and if I forget my niqab, um I'm like, oh wait, it feels something feels yeah, weird. Something and then I strange, remember yeah. that, okay, I've forgotten my niqab, yeah. Yeah, subhanAllah. So um, you mentioned that, that you've lived in a few different countries. So have you had experience traveling wearing the niqab? Yeah, so um even uh so I've had the experience, alhamdulillah, of living in a few different countries mm -hmm. and also traveling to a lot of countries. Yeah. And um, I feel like it all comes back to how you feel within yourself, yes. um, you know, about like the niqab, for example. So for me, because alhamdulillah, like I feel confident and I feel like more, you know, secure and comfortable with the niqab. Um, like for me, it's like, I don't even think twice, you know, about wearing it wherever in different yeah. countries. And, you know, sometimes I've been in places where it's literally I've been the only one dressed mm -hmm. this way. And you'll be like, for example, you know, um, surrounded by, um, let's say you're on a beach and like you have these naked women and all of that. But I, I just felt so, alhamdulillah, secure in and of myself. And people staring, I just feel like, I, I don't mind that because it's a form of da'wah, you know, to yes, like course. not everyone needs to be the same in life. And, um, you know, people being exposed to something different, I think it's a good thing, you know. And so let them stare. I mean, it's not like they can see much. Exactly, so, exactly. That's, that's yeah. the point, isn't it? It's like, it's like sometimes, um, you know, sometimes when you hear people say things like, oh, well, you know, when you dress like that, you're drawing attention to yourself because like, in, you know, in, for example, in a Western country, that's not how people dress. So you stand out more. Well, okay, we might stand out more in that perspective, but the hijab itself isn't so that we can disappear it's so that we can cover ourselves, exactly. our physical bodies from gazes of men, basically. That's 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 the yeah. function of it. It's obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but it's 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 for that specific function so that we kind of, you know, we we make ourselves clear that we are Muslim women and there's certain behaviour that we don't want to attract and we don't want to have certain types of interactions with the opposite gender, basically. So it's 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 making a boundary in that sense, you know, drawing a, a line saying, Look, this is this is what I expect. This is how I expect to be treated. Like it's a standard, you know. So that's what the hijab itself exactly. is. Exactly. It, it is like you just mentioned. You know, it is that physical boundary. You know, mm. like yeah. Because I noticed, you know, I would go for umrah, and if I was covered, like you know, with my face covered and everything, uh, like you'd be treated differently. Men would actually respect you more, and it was almost like. Um, you know, they give you that highest status in a sense mm -hmm. where it's like, uh, oh, okay, you know, proceed 
and sometimes they'd call you my auntie or my mother you mm. know like I, I felt like I mean some people it varies some people would take that that as an offense you know like oh you know do they think I'm that old but I feel like you know what I'm taking this because I, I love um you know that that respect mm-hmm. subhanallah it's, it's a compliment some it's a time of endearment I suppose subhanallah and you know and, it, and not only that but it also goes to show that um that you know the Muslim men who do respect it they're not it's not because they're misogynistic do you know what I mean like because sometimes people try to twist it and say you know you're forced to cover you know Muslim men it's a patriarchal thing they want you to cover up and you know because they hate women it's nothing to do with hatred of women you know it's not it's not about that it's not a command from the men it's a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so um how, how have yeah. your experiences been traveling on the plane themselves or going through airport security and things like that have you had any kind of um interesting experiences that you could share with us yeah so um alhamdulillah i've never faced abuse or um you know mistreatment in any way because of my niqab i mean of course you have you know uh you can see a bit of passive aggressive behavior from Mm -hmm. some people but you know what um (laughs) I'm I'm okay with that because it just goes to show of how narrow-minded you are as a person. You know what I mean? That you can't accept the fact that I'm dressed this way. I'm not enforcing it on you. I'm just dressed this way myself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But alhamdulillah, overall, my experiences have been, you know, very positive. I was in, um, I, was, I was traveling from, I think it was South Africa. Okay. And um, in the airport, the guy, he was at the desk, right? And um, he was, he said, you know, uh, why do you wear this thing? You know, and he's like, uh, because he looked at my passport photo and he was like, oh, because, you know, you're very beautiful. And I was like, that is why I wear it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, um, and then he said, oh, okay. So he, and then he then uh, pointed to a woman and he said, oh, she can check your face. Uh-huh. And I felt like that was so you know respectful of him and you know kind of him to actually and he wasn't even a muslim like you know and he recognized the fact that i wasn't comfortable yes yes you know seeing my face and all that and he himself you know um directed me to the woman and so many times actually on so many different occasions i am always when i go to to the desk then they they direct me to a woman sometimes Mm -hmm. i have to ask for it sometimes they themselves, you know, suggest, oh, would you like to be seen by a woman? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Yes. Um, and you know what's so, yeah, beautiful like... about that is that the men, even a non-Muslim man, he automatically understands that you covering your face doesn't mean that you will never be seen by anybody. It just means that you don't want to be seen by men because uh, because men themselves understand the female male dynamic you know the way that we interact with each other naturally yeah. the things that occur. I mean like yeah uh, I mean like that man you know himself complimented I mean it's it's just a natural thing exactly you know what I mean exactly and obviously he didn't so, mean yeah. it he didn't mean it in a disrespectful way but when you when you responded to him he he understood automatically this is not the kind of um, conversation that you want to entertain, you know, do, do you know what I mean? That you're not the kind of exactly. woman that wants to, somebody to be complimenting her on beauty and all these kind of things. And you don't want to flaunt your looks, subhanAllah. So it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, that. and it's like, 
Yeah, it's like we're so much, uh, Alhamdulillah, you know, obviously Allah has blessed us with so much, um, you know, so many blessings, right? And of them, yes, okay, physical beauty, but we're more than that. And exactly. I feel like uh, when the focus is just on that, which is the world today is like, you know, just focused on, you know, enhancing your looks and all of that stuff, it takes away, it's so superficial and it takes away from working on what truly matters, especially as Muslims, like what truly matters is the condition of your heart, you know, exactly. how um, how are you when it comes to your relationship with Allah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, we know that Allah doesn't look at how we are on the outside, he looks at us on the inside. Um, so wearing the niqab is a reminder of that for myself, like, okay, you know what, your looks are not important in the sight of Allah, like, who you are on the inside is what matters to Allah and therefore creation should be the same as well like you know they should be more focused on what's on the inside absolutely absolutely subhanallah so yeah that's really um it's really interesting like, and as for sorry you were asking about inside the plane so yes. um you know even then I've um alhamdulillah like I feel comfortable enough to uh, keep it on when there's men around and you know when if it's a long flight and uh, you know people go to sleep and the lights are off and stuff of course you can take it off even you can take it off like facing the other way yes, so course. that you're not facing yeah so that you're not facing um you know the public and all of that and you, there's ways around it and you know once you are comfortable wearing it and you you feel like this is the right thing to do for yourself then you know naturally you make you ways to be you know around others in this exactly, condition, yeah. you know what I mean? and to be yeah. more comfortable isn't it you understand how to work it and, and that's the thing because you know i don't often talk about like hijab styles and things like that but um you know the niqab itself and we're blessed that there's different um variety of niqab now so you get ones with different layers for example and ones that can you know cover your eyes a little bit more than others or completely cover the eyes so there's a lot of different um varieties out there and especially so each sister can you know you can choose what suits you and especially even for specific situations as well ones that you think would be more um functional you know depending on what you're going to be doing you know so um do you know what I mean? You, you, you take your, pick your knuckle yeah. according to the situation, basically. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Exactly, yeah. And um, I feel like now uh, with social media, uh, okay, so niqab is, there's two ways of looking at it. Number one is that there definitely are more niqabis and hijabis that are, um, you know, you can, are, are, that are online. Mm -hmm. So you're exposed to them. Even if you come from, let's say, a background where, you know, people don't wear it. I know once I was um, approached by a sister online mm -hmm. and she asked me that, um, she, she told me that she wanted to wear the niqab, but no one in her family wanted to wear the niqab. Right. And um, they didn't wear the niqab. And they were, I think they were almost against it in a way because yeah. they just felt like it's a very, um, you know, Arab traditional thing mm -hmm. to do um, without any religious significance behind it. So she was telling me, but seeing you online, you know, I want to wear it. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I had to help her in her journey because at the same time, you don't want to remember when, if your whole entire family is not used to this concept and it's very foreign, then you don't want to just, 
you know, pitch up one day and like be all covered and be like, okay, I'm not going to, you know, interact with any of my male uh, family members that are not mahram to me and things like that yes. you have to obviously take it with hikmah and step by step yes. you know what I mean yes definitely so um I did you know I did try and explain to her and all that and eventually like we got to a point where I think uh she felt comfortable enough to wear it mm-hmm. uh but obviously she had to navigate around her family etc etc so I feel like alhamdulillah with that social media helps uh women women themselves to get that exposure but also sometimes it can be that you know they are focusing on the wrong things like for example there are a lot of women uh, now mashallah let's say they wear niqabs but they the focus is still on the beauty aspects of it yes. you know what I mean yes, so it's more about let's pose you know let's mm-hmm. um, the wear these yes. uh, yeah let's it's the aesthetics so mm-hmm. It kind of gives off the wrong message of, you know, the actual purpose of the niqab, which is to take away from all that, um, you know, superficialness Mm -hmm. and go, you know, deeper. So sometimes sisters can get the wrong message and they might feel like, oh, you know, I want to wear the niqab to look more beautiful or, you know, to uh, because this so-and-so sister, you know, she wears it and, you know, it looks so attractive, etc., etc. I mean, Mm -hmm. people have, you know, wrong intention sometimes mm-hmm. and sometimes unfortunately what we see online it can fuel that of course. so it's really important to actually go back to your um intention and course. purify that to be for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to follow in the footsteps of uh the best of all women and then uh take it from there because then in, inshallah if your intention is sincere then you'll find that even in in hard times, you know, when the heat is boiling or when it's, um, you know, you when you're surrounded by, let's say, you know, so much fitna, like, um, for example, you're, I don't know, you're in a setting where no one's wearing it mm-hmm. and you feel like, okay, you're the only one, then you remind yourself of your intention. Yes. And if your intention is strong and sincere, then that intention will help you to keep, to remain steadfast. Bismillah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I really like that you picked up on that point, actually, about, you know, especially being online and, you know, how we represent ourselves as naqabi women, you know, women who are wearing the naqab. Um, because we shouldn't forget one of the criteria for the hijab itself is to not um, be wearing garments of, like, um, extravagance. So if, you know, by excessively kind of showing ourselves online, you know, like, you know, these kind of poses and getting kind of caught up with the fashion aspect, we could... You know, we could be falling into this category that has that is kind of bringing like nullifying the hijab itself. You know, so we have to be careful with that because just before I, you know, we got onto this meeting, I listened to a clip by Sheikh Asim Al Hakim, and he was saying that there's nothing wrong with wearing different color abaya and things like that, but if you go for specific colors in order to like be grabbing the tent, like eye-catching colors, and depending on where you're wearing it, like where you live, for example, if it's not a color that is normally worn or, um, you know, it's going to be grabbing people's attention, then this could be, you know, it's, it's contradictory to the purpose of the, the naqab. So on the point that you just mentioned about, you know, the colours not bringing attention, some people will say, well, you know, the black that you're wearing um, is bringing attention, right? Mm-hmm. But hang on, you know, the black, it doesn't necessarily, like, okay, some people, you know, they view black as attractive, right? But for most people, it's like the colors, you know, that are more attractive 
and uh, darker colors like black, brown, mm-hmm. you know, uh, dark blue, these kind of things, it's not necessarily in and of itself an attractive color unless you yourself are attracted to that color, if that makes exactly. sense. But the thing is, it's not eye-catching. Like, you don't see something black and it catches your eye. That's, that's literally what it is. Do you know what I mean? There's certain colors, you know, that like, for example, a fluorescent color will catch your eye. Something that's shiny will catch yeah. your eye, even without you looking. So... You know, that's, that's the thing. That's why darker colors or blacks or muted, more natural colors, you know, there's certain shades. Even when it comes to, okay, now these days, some sisters, they want to wear, for example, pink. There are some shades of pink that would be really eye-catching. And there's some shades of pink which are not eye-catching because they're much more subtle. You know, they, they might be yeah. more kind of like closer to a skin tone, for example, or closer to like a, an earthy, like, you know, like natural clay or something tone so there's different shades of obviously Tifana was so <laughs> we've got so much abundance of colors you know when you yeah. think about it so it just depends like but if you were to wear like a neon pink um a buyer that's gonna be like you're gonna be like a more than a traffic lights do you know what I mean it's like <laughs> but yeah. it's like without without somebody intentionally looking your direction your, that color will reflect it will reflect it was going to reflect light it's going to be bouncing you know somebody they would have to turn their head because it's like something is just going to get into their eye view without them intentionally looking at it. but with with the black or the darker colors they don't catch your eye you'll see somebody wearing black and if if um obviously we've both lived in the uk so if you're wearing all black we we could stand out in the UK because we're black, but it's not from being eye-catching. It's just because, oh, you're not dressed like how we are accustomed to dressing. That's basically what yeah. it is. So you stand out for being different. It's just like being a black person in a room with all white people. You're going to stand out or vice versa, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. So, yeah. Okay, I wanted to ask you as well about, um, you know, because you mentioned that, um, a sister had contacted you online, um, you know, she, that she wanted to wear the, um, the niqab. Um, have you met many sisters like that online or even offline who wanted to wear niqab, but, you know, they weren't allowed to, for example? Um, I'd say a few, you know, because I don't put myself out there yeah. as such, like, uh, you know, as a niqabi or... Um, you know, you won't find many pictures of me online with yes. my niqab. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so people aren't really, uh, unless they follow me and they, they know that I'm a niqabi, they're not mm-hmm. necessarily going to, you know, know that about me. So I, I don't get too many messages, but yes. there have been a few where, you know, people have been inspired and they feel like, okay, because remember, uh, it goes back to if your intention is uh sincere and it's the right intention yes automatically you'll feel confident in and of yourself mm-hmm. and therefore others will you know that vibe they'll catch on to it right so um yeah i feel like even in in person um more so i think in person because a few people like just recently actually um one of my helpers here at home she's not a muslim uh yes. she previously wasn't a muslim alhamdulillah now uh, she's a Muslim That's but nice. she yeah. was telling me yeah alhamdulillah. so she was telling me that you know I love because she had seen me going out and you know I wore all this and she was like wow I love you know how you cover yourself properly and you know all of that so I feel like more so it's inspirational and you know they do it does 
bring up something inside them which you know they're free to explore further absolutely definitely so um what about sisters who've been forced to wear the niqab then have you met any sisters like that uh okay so i haven't been exposed to sisters being forced to but i'd say pressured into i feel like they have been pressured into um so it's like uh, I told you a lot of the, because I came from a community where there were a lot of Muslims and, you know, a lot of girls would wear the niqab and from a young age. And I felt like, okay, maybe some of them are uh, pressured into it because you'd see that they weren't consistent like they would, whenever it was convenient for them to take it off, they'd take it off. Whenever yeah. it was convenient for them to put it on, they'd put it on. And then you kind of look deeper and say, okay, but uh maybe what's the reason why they wore it in the first place and sometimes you'll see that it's because they felt peer pressured mm-hmm. or they wanted to fit into that particular community mm-hmm. um and yeah and sometimes you know that if your parents are more on the stricter side and you know they want you to wear it it's like their ideal mm-hmm. so you're kind of almost living that ideal of theirs and it's not necessarily something that you wanted to do so then you know you feel like okay this is just um you know me being pressured and I feel like you see the behavior a lot more in like you see the behavior like to know whether or not this person it was their choice or they were pressured into it because those who it was purely their choice and they made the right uh you know with the right intention they will be much more consistent and steadfast on it mm-hmm. uh, by the will of Allah, okay? Compared to those who felt pressured into it or forced into it, they will find any opportunity to take it off or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of a thing. Definitely. I think I agree with you, definitely. Um, and I think another thing that can happen when sisters are not wearing it completely of their own, like, volition Lord. is that, when they do get negative kind of um, feedback or negative comments or even certain types of abuse from the public, you know, they can react in a negative way as well. Whereas when you have chosen to wear it and you really love it and, you know, you, you don't, you can't imagine not wearing it when you have those experiences, you don't react, you know, negatively. I'm not saying that we're going to be angels all the time, but, you know, depending on the circumstances, yeah. you're, you're, you're more naturally inclined to, um, you know, try to react in a more positive way because, you know, it's something that you feel so content doing yourself and, you know, you've yeah, chosen exactly. to do it. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Not, it's not something that's a bother for you. So because of your happiness of wearing your niqab, you know, even when other people are trying to criticise you for wearing it, you, you're more likely to respond in a, in a positive sense rather than a negative one. Yes, definitely. And like, you know, when, uh, for example, the people around you, um, you know, they take it off, for example, or, um, you know, you have, let's say you have these trends where people are taking off their, you know, niqab or hijab or whatever, you feel more grounded. Mm -hmm. And that comes from Allah, uh, because, you know, your intention was for him to begin with. So it's like, Allah gives you that strength to uh, hold firm onto onto it Alhamdulillah. so um yeah i wanted to talk about um work and things like that i don't know because in the beginning you i know you've mentioned your podcast but have you had any experience working with the niqab on at all 
Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I had uh, an experience where I was working at a nursery. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I wore the niqab then. But uh, there were Muslims and non-Muslims working in that envir- environment. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I don't think they they had an issue with it because you know the yeah the community that they were in uh they were exposed to it i guess yes you know from a lot of other muslims as well yeah yeah but i do feel like yeah yeah, i do feel like uh, you know now navigating the online space uh you know doing my podcast for example i have to i I have to think you know like okay what is comfortable for me to Mm -hmm you know do and speak about even like because personally like niqab is not only a physical thing and it shouldn't be only a physical thing uh, that you wear on your face it's actually like the way you conduct yourself your speech um, your behavior etc so for me it's like okay I wear the niqab yes but there's certain things that I wouldn't talk about in a public space yes um if it was, for example, sisters only, yes, and I knew yes. it was sisters only, then that's different. Mm-hmm. But now, for example, with my podcast, there's topics that I want to dive into, but I know it's in a public space and mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable doing it. So it's about now asking myself, okay, um, you know, should I go ahead and do it or should I not? Because at the end of the day, you want to reach out and benefit sisters, but at what expense you have to you know exactly you have to figure that out exactly so i that, think that's, that's really been... important that you that you've brought that up really really important and valid point because i was talking with um, another sister recently exactly on this um topic because you know when it comes to the public space and you bring up certain um discussions uh, and, and there's no shyness in islam don't get me wrong but there's certain things like you said we have to have that hayat in the way we conduct ourselves publicly, especially as Muslim women. And when it comes to the public space as well now, like zina is so easily done, you know, people think, some people actually believe that if it's, you know, done in cyberspace, it doesn't count, but it does. And this is what's really dangerous. So people can let their guard down easily. And when you have certain discussions going on that, you know, without like kind of taking into consideration the Hayat, you can be, basically creating a platform where people can be getting involved in fitna as a result of this discussion that you've brought which is a halal discussion but because of the sensitivity around it you're and you've got males and females engaging you know you're bringing them like kind of together in this space under this you know under these kind of themes which as I said they're halal to talk about but it's the way that you go about doing it so we have to be careful with things like that because you know, we are all going to be asked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and their judgment to account for our deeds, you know, and what we've exactly. basically helped others to do. So it's, it's how we want to, you know, leave our legacy as, you know, this, like you said, like you have a podcast, I've got this podcast, alhamdulillah. So when you're doing this kind of work, you always have to think all the time and reflect on your intentions and kind of try to constantly renew your intentions because you know, we don't do things just for likes and follows. We do things because we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with us. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's been, um, because I'm fairly new to the whole, you know, online space and, mm-hmm. you know, just being on 
uh, on video, for example. So for me, it's like, uh, you know, I'm still navigating around that. And yeah, it's, it's very important to bear in mind that just because uh, like majority of people are doing a certain thing doesn't mean that it's exactly. necessarily correct. Exactly. And it's necessarily pleasing to Allah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, therefore each person, you know, should take account for themselves because at the end of the day, you know, while the online space has so much good to it of like, you know, um, you can you can share one simple good thing and, you know, you can get so much reward for like years to come, even if let's say one person even, you know, takes that on board and, you know, practices it. But the flip side of that is that you can share one, you know, not so good thing. Mm -hmm. And if people, even one person, you know, influences them in a negative way, uh, you know, then you're getting that scene basically for, for however long, you know, that thing passes on, even if it passes on to the next generation. So it's like, you have to think very, very carefully mm -hmm. um, because it's a double-edged sword really. Yes, it, it really is, subhanAllah. Um, yeah, so uh, that's that's something that'll be really nice. Um, I don't know, like maybe another time we could discuss, like have that as a topic between the two of us, just talking about the issue of Hayat itself, because I think that's one of the things that really goes um, amiss when it comes to even talking about, you know, the Naqab and the Hijab generally, because obviously not every sister is going to um, wears the, the Naqab, but for sisters who want to adhere to the correct Hijab, it's more than just the covering, like you said. So, um, because we don't really, we just don't talk about that enough, I think, especially with the online, everything's about how you look and, you know, the visual, but what about, you know, the other aspects of Haya as well? So that's that's really important. It'll be, I think it'll be nice to have a discussion with you another time about that, because obviously now we've been talking for quite a while, alhamdulillah, so I don't want to get too much into it, but I think with your knowledge, that you'll be able to give good um, perspectives um, and insights on, on that topic, inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah, that would be lovely, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, so um, what advice um, would you personally give to sisters who would really like to wear the niqab, but they don't feel they have the confidence? Okay, so I would say first and foremost is, um, you know, look into the books of uh, Sira and the books of, you know, where wherein it's mentioned about, you know, the women covering, etc., etc., Get yourself familiar with all of that information and, um, you know, based on that, make an informed decision and uh, purify your intention. And then once you've done that, I'd say to start off slowly. Sometimes, you know, we are so overzealous at first. We just want to, you know, go 100% into it. But then what we don't realize is that, you know, there's... Iman goes high and low, right? So it might be a period of time where your Iman is quite high and you feel like, okay, I can do this. But yeah. then you'll face times when your Iman is low, mm -hmm. okay? So, you know, give yourself that space and that compassion, you know, to be able to, okay, you are doing something that is, it's going against majority of what people are doing. You know what I mean? So you're going to have to work on your inner self-esteem, your confidence, um, and that's not going to come by you know, just thinking that, okay, I'm just going to do all or nothing. No, it has to be, you know, trying and giving yourself that, that space to then, you know, sometimes slip and, you know, you make the toe, but you come back up and you realize that 
the end of the day, if you're doing it for Allah, you know, he's going to give you the strength. And always, 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 whenever you feel low or anything, to ask Allah for that strength and for that guidance is so important as well. And yeah, uh, connect with sisters who make you feel, you know, uh, confident in yourself. You know, they can you can reach out to them and they can give you advice and yeah, help you, support you. Alhamdulillah, and I think that's um, one of the last points you mentioned. Is, is quite important as well because um, you know the 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 man is on the religion of his friends. So you know by having those good company and trying to look for righteous companions, and it could be a sister who doesn't even wear the niqab herself, for example. Maybe she has a desire to wear it also or a love for it, but due to her circumstances, she she can't wear it. So those kind of people will still be encouraging, inshallah, for you to, um, you know, to give you that kind of strength to be able to wear it. Because sometimes a sister could be in an environment where the she doesn't know anybody who wears the niqab personally, you know. So if you have other people in your community that give you that support, then, you know, take advantage of that, inshallah, because it is still a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you might have to be the first one to do it, you know, in your community. And once you do it, then who knows who will be able to get more courage to also do it as well. Because, you know, there could be a lot of other sisters who are in the same situation that they don't feel confident and mostly because they don't see other people wearing it in their community. So that could be, um, you know, inshallah, you get the reward as well for being the first person to do it, inshallah. Yeah, 100%. And uh, on that topic of like, you know, sisters wearing the niqab, I feel like it's important to discuss how, you know, there are some sisters who unfortunately, you know, they wear the niqab and they, um, you know, they, they cover themselves properly and they, you know, religiously practicing in a sense that they pray their salah and all of that. But uh, they do have more of, a, you know, a judgmental approach to it. Yes. And I feel like, uh, you know, like that, to be honest, varies on the level of knowledge that a person has as well, because sometimes like, you know, they can view you as, um, let's say you're, you're starting off, you're not that, you know, confident to wear it all the time, but you are wearing it in spaces where you feel comfortable yes. to wear it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, some sisters might be like, oh, well, you know, what is the point of you wearing it then? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas, uh, and that can be a very big deterrent to some sisters, uh, so, but yeah. I feel like, you know, knowing that that's just them, okay, that's not the perspective mm -hmm. of all the sisters who wear the niqab, and, okay. you know, there are sisters who, have, you know, they know the struggle, mm -hmm. and like I said, for me personally, I went from not wanting to wear it to wearing it sometimes to, you know, then starting to have more of a commitment, and so if someone if i see someone for example starting off and they're wearing it sometimes you know they're getting more um you know comfortable with it i'd be supportive of that and i'd be like you know what something is better than nothing and yes. every step that you take towards you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he'll you know come take steps back to you so it's like you know just just carry on with the effort that you're putting in okay um so yeah, that's what I wanted to say about, you know, obviously if, if sisters are feeling like, you know, if you're feeling like, oh, sisters who wear the niqab are judgmental or they, you know, looking down on me, they're making me feel bad about myself, then I'd say, you know, distance yourself from that, but don't view it as like all, 
you know people in niqab are like that exactly exactly that's that's Masha, that's a really um, important point you mentioned there alhamdulillah yeah definitely alhamdulillah it's about not putting people in a box really isn't it because you get good and bad wherever yeah. you know and like you mentioned earlier the outer clothing is one thing but the you know the personality the etiquette the manners that is something else that we also need to you know take on and sometimes not everybody who is doing the outer covering has taken on those other elements as well so we all have our strengths and weaknesses so yeah definitely so people yeah. shouldn't inshallah yeah. shouldn't feel discouraged yeah, alhamdulillah yeah exactly yeah because um, remember some people it could just be that the community that they live in is very easy to wear it so they're yes. wearing it or uh you know and they would stick out if they didn't wear it mm-hmm. um or things like that like people's intentions are very different so yeah don't get discouraged by what a few sisters or a few experiences that you've had mm-hmm. um negative experiences definitely, definitely. so yeah finally the last question sister what does the naqab mean to you uh it means submission to allah first and foremost and um following in the footsteps of some of the best women um that have ever walked this earth and of course it means to me uh modesty uh security um and yeah it gives me confidence thank you so much for giving your time today i've really enjoyed um speaking with you alhamdulillah my pleasure honestly i really enjoyed this conversation and i felt like the time just flew by it really did yeah inshallah um uh i'd love to have you on my podcast as well so um, absolutely i'd be honored alhamdulillah i would love that i would love that inshallah yeah barakallah take care sister you too sister assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh